Welcome in, gentlemen. Our new theme music, Jada Kiss, this week. Uh, shout out to AB throwing us this new theme music. Nothing against Childish Gambino. We're just switching things up. JP, AB, Tristan, this week we are talking fighting. And I was in the fight mood after last week. We talked with Tisha Torres, Raquel Pennington, two of the best fighters that Colorado has to offer. And Aqib Tlaib for the Denver Broncos, gentlemen, trying to find his way among the top of the strawweight division. <laughs> no, I think he's a middleweight. I think he's about a buck 85. Okay, that's fine. For, first off, that that Jada Kiss, uh, fabulous is fire. Theme fire. music, check it out. YouTube it, Google it. Uh, I'm roasting marshmallows on my laptop over here. It's so, so hot. <laughs> so, SoundCloud, no, it's fire. Oh, it's fire. But yeah, uh, we're finding uh, different ways to stay relevant. Yeah, our Denver Broncos. It's uh, every week is <laughs> becoming something different. Need something to talk about other than a, than a loss. Yeah, I, I think we should kind of just like. Talk about the incident, and then like we really have to talk about where this organization is going. Uh, we, there are big things changing. Uh, Mike McCoy last week let go by the team. We already talked about that, and the change with Bill Musgrave ushered in as the new offensive coordinator for the team. I'm not sure how I feel about the move of Bill Musgrave anyway. He was in charge of the worst quarterback unit in the NFL. Then you promote him to the offensive coordinator, and his first big words were, our guys need to complete more passes. Paxton Lynch wasn't the guy to get it done this week, JP. No, no, no. Uh, you know, he, he took a little page out of the, the Vance Joseph playbook and, and shed some tears on the sideline. There was a, a report coming out this week that after the firing of McCoy, uh, Vance Joseph addressed the team in the locker room, and uh, he was telling him it was the, one of the hardest things he's ever had to do was to let the, the offensive coordinator go. He, didn't, he said he didn't expect to do that at all, but much less, you know, in the season of his first year as mm-hmm. a head coach and had some tears strolling down while he was talking to the team. So I don't know. It's a team in – and shambles, I guess, is a good way to say it. Um, do you think he's lost the locker room yet, or do you think these guys are still holding on? The funny thing, I, I, I don't think he's lost the locker room. I think everybody's still trying to figure it out. I think mm-hmm. it's a shell-shocked organization at the moment. Um, Denver as an organization, uh, I, I've, I've been in Colorado since 2006. Um, I drafted that year. Uh, it's 2000, about to be 2018. I, I've never been around a Broncos team that's actually under 500? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Am I mistaken? Yeah. I, I, Josh McDaniels there. 7-9? and nine. Did he get 7-9? and nine? I don't even know if he got 7-9. and nine. They got the number two overall pick, and that's the year they picked up Von Miller. They struggled under uh, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, no. Uh, and then my years there were 9-7. and seven. Uh, Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl here recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you even know how to – I don't know how the how fans are going to react. I don't know – I really do think this is the first time that uh, in the Denver organization we can have a coach one and done. Because how do you explain these things? Well, how much excitement was there coming into the season? Everyone hyped Vance Joseph up for years and years and years. He was like the hot commodity free agent coach. And again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I thought they erred in not signing Kyle Shanahan. Uh, He's gone to do a couple of worse things in San Fran. So maybe that was a a dodged bullet there going one and nine so far through the season. But as far as things go, Vance Joseph was expected to come in and pick up where the loss of Wade Phillips had gone. He led these dominant defenses in Miami and in Houston and in Cincinnati. He was in charge of very good secondaries and good defenses in his couple of years, and now he's done nothing. And the defense is the only strong point for the Broncos, but not near what they expected. Hey, the funny part is the, the upper upper echelon in that uh, Broncos organization are, are asking themselves the same question. Uh, and when you're at this level and you're making this type of money, you're going to have to answer those questions. Yeah. And the person to answer them is the head coach. 
you were that defensive guy that was supposed to basically, and you don't just, you know, Wade Phillips is a G. Yes. He's doing his thing over in LA. He's done well with that defense, well mm-hmm. with a Super Bowl winning defense. Um, he's, uh, he's got lineage. In the fabric of the National Football League, true, very true. Uh, and and you you don't just kind of come in and take over what he's done, but you're a formidable candidate in yourself as far as the defense is is concerned. And yeah. when you have those pieces already to the puzzle, you got to point the finger at someone. Second, they went with a defensive guy instead of an offensive guy, mm-hmm. so it's basically the head coach's fault that the defense has dropped. And it's your fault that the quarterback wasn't developed, or either in who you hired, or your own. But you got John Elway. Like, That's my up, thinking. Up in the up in the box, which is odd to me. My thinking is the greatest offensive mind, maybe one of the greatest offensive minds to ever play the game, is is in the GM seat in John Elway. This is a guy that that dominated the game. It's Peyton for Manning. Fifteen. Well, I said one of because okay, I think okay. it's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and John Elway are probably the top okay, three. Okay, up there. no, you're the okay. All right, uh, we're back. But then <laughs> then they went out and signed two guys that were. Head coach worthy in offensive as as far as offensive coordinators. Mike McCoy was a former head coach. Then he he was well suited as an offensive coordinator. Bill Musgrave had head coaching offers and offensive coordinating offers, and he came to Denver as a QB coach. They stacked this offensive staff as an attempt to try and strengthen themselves in a unit they knew was weak, and now it's shining through in the fact that they were weaker than they thought, and now the dominoes are starting to fall along that offensive side. I just want to throw this out there. I looked it up real quick, A.B., two losing seasons since 2006. 2007, 7-9, mm. and nine, and 2010, 4-12. That was the McDaniels era, mm. right? That's bad. Um, That's what got them up out of there, yeah. And I agree with you, A.B. It takes bad things to make a team good again. That's why they have the draft order the way it is. The last time the Broncos really, really sucked, they went out and got Von Miller with the number two overall pick. This guy single-handedly led this defense to be one of the best in the in the NFL. He's your Super Bowl MVP. I mean, do you see that light at the end of the tunnel, or do you think there's more work to be done? No, no, I honestly think there's more work to be done. I... The NFL catches up with you, and and I don't want to take this like too far off of what you're asking me, but there's just you don't think there's something in the air this year as far as parity in the league and who's successful and who's not successful. You got the Chargers knocking on the door uh, at five and six. That's true. We, we, we thought like we thought uh, uh, what's his name over in Kansas City, Alex Smith was. The second coming of Joe Montana. Yeah. Drop five in a row. We, we were naming him the MVP. So uh, this year is just uh, different. And just because you got a certain piece last year, Vic Beasley, out of nowhere, a top pick, uh, led the league in sacks. Yeah. He, his first rookie season was awful. People, uh, listen, Von Miller's a beast. But the NFL will catch up to you. It doesn't matter if you're Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. you're Colin Kaepernick, you're the Wildcat, you're Von Miller, you're J.J. Watt. People will – Bill Belichick is the best at doing it. You're not going to beat us with this person. Yeah. Not every, And not everybody's Bill Belichick, but you have to adjust. This is, a, this is not only a fast league on the field, but mentally it's, it's, it's at another – it's just at another level. So then my, my next question to you, because this is where you have to start thinking forward already. The Broncos are not going to have a winning season. They're probably going to lose at least three or four more games, almost almost sure to get a top five pick. If they do... Oh, man, you think they're going to get a five? Woo! 
top five Woo! pick. <laughs> Which way do you go with your top five pick? You go QB? Do you go offensive line? What, what do you take? Oh, mm. were they bad? Are we that bad? Top five. They're bad. They're three and eight right now. That's time that for the fourth. Or do you, do you trade down and get more picks because you've got more than one problem See, that needs addressed? That's like crazy. And that's what I was thinking in my head. Hey, like Kirk Cousins will be available too. I'd rather have that. Uh, what, what was that? That Tim Tebow, Demarius Thomas pick. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what they had that year. Yeah. That, that I'd, I'd like that as opposed to a top five because we have top five players. Keep to leave uh, Chris Harris. Uh, uh, a narrative of guys we have are like top five talent mm-hmm. that you know you obviously uh, Chris Harris uh, undrafted and other you know they project their Pro Bowlers. Yeah. Um, we don't need a top five pick. We need depth. We need. Uh, we need linemen. We need linemen. I, I, yeah. I, I think that's our biggest. Both sides of the ball, or are you saying just offense? I like our D-line. I, I, I like Doma Topeko. You, like, you like them too deep and three deep, or you just like the, the no, starters? I, no, I, I think uh, Derek Wolf, uh, Peko, they're a formidable D-line. Uh, and, and honestly, this team is built. On the edges, they're they're built with speed. Yeah, you know they're they're the Shane Rays, the the Shaquille Barretts, the Von Millers. Um, they're built for speed on the outside, and uh, they still wreck havoc. But I I think they're missing some of the uh, non sexy positions. Yeah, and and I agree with that. And I think that that could be something more they seek out. But I think you see that in the draft. And unfortunately for the Broncos, they went out and used their first round pick on Garrett Bowles, who hasn't turned into the pro bowler that, you know, you expect him to, He's but got that's time, not, though. that's He's what I'm saying. That doesn't happen year one. You go get another one of those guys next year. That doesn't happen year one either. So now you're sitting on two offensive linemen that may or may not pan out for you. In see, the long that's run. the beauty of the NFL and the NFL draft. People, it's all, nobody's an expert. You're right. Well, it's, I, uh, it, it's all we'll bring on Mel Kuyper. You can talk to him. <laughs> it's, it's nobody's an expert. These are all uh, potential. What you can potentially be, mm-hmm. but more often than not, um, uh, these things don't work out. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, me and myself, I had a um, you know a, a short career. I, you know, I played six years professionally, but I remember in my fourth year, I looked back, and I was a seventh round. Seventh round, I look back, and the people that were still in the league by the time I got to my fourth year was uh, Haloti Nada and uh, one more player. I couldn't remember the guys, but it was just like, wow. And then shortly after, I was on my way out. So yeah. it's it's a uh, – yeah. Well, I, I I don't know where they go with these with these top picks, and I don't know if it's maybe bartering a trade for a guy that they're needing at more of a skill position because a lot of teams are going to take the more draft pick sexy route and go out and get a guy like Baker Mayfield or or one of these running backs like Barkley or no. I, I don't know what it is, but I don't think the Broncos necessarily get that done this off season. No, they don't get it done. Oh man, this is like this is like a. This is its own segment. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, <laughs> there's, I, I don't want too much to go into. Yeah, no, I don't want to sound sad because it's like it's deeper than what you're asking me. Mm-hmm. Because what John Elway tried to do, and he won it. He did it. He won the Super Bowl. He beat Cam Newton. He beat you know Superman. He did it trying to mimic the Seattle Seahawks defense because the Seattle Seahawks defense and that the Super Bowl prior. Mm-hmm. Came in and smacked him in the mouth. He didn't like yeah. it, so he wanted to mimic his defense after that. Now look at Seattle Seahawks defense. 
Look at the look look at the Michael Bennett's. Yeah. The Richard Sherman's. I'm seeing it all unfold, and I'm seeing unfortunately they're hurt. They're the not on the field. The Broncos. So Cam, Cam Chancellor's going to be evaluating whether he even comes back to football right now. So, so. It, it's the NFL. It's the NFL. Like running backs aren't going to be great for six years. Yeah. If you're a hard hitting defender, you're you're not just going to last or get figured out within three years. It, it it's the it's the NFL, and it's going to be different every single week, which is kind of the theme around here because it's already the end of our NFL segment, but we'll talk more about it on the other side of things. This was just Bronco Talk. We'll get back into the NFL on the next segment. Don't go anywhere. It's the Next Level Podcast. The Next Level Podcast is brought to you by AIM Home Healthcare, located at 1208 Eagle Ridge Boulevard in Pueblo, Colorado. For more information, call 719-924-9458. This is Raquel Pennington and Tisha Torres, and you're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Run to you, jump in the back. Shorty name Rosa, jump in the back. House party days, you get jumped in the back. Nowadays, the jump balls just jump in the back. Swish, my jumper is back. The balls is the kid who never made his first class. I had to hear the bell this time because we were talking about fights last segment. If you didn't see it, kind of talk check about it fights. out. That's it. We said we were going to talk about the fight, and then we didn't because we found a million other things to talk about with the Broncos. So instead, going back to the fight, Aqib Talib and Michael Crabtree, round two, this time no belt involved, no chain involved. At least that wasn't the big storyline of it, gentlemen. Uh, how sad. I'm thinking of it as a sad thing for the Broncos and Raiders. Two bad teams scrapping. Three guys get ejected. A ref gets pushed over, knocked out. Just bad for football, right? Yeah, but it gives it gives people something to talk about, I guess. I mean, uh, Chris Harris Jr. had said, you know, we came to play football, but apparently Michael Cra- Crabtree came to fight yeah uh i i don't remember exactly when it did it take place right right away in the first quarter yeah like two two and a half minutes in and he he drove to leave i found it kind of interesting that crabtree kind of initiated it to to leave is the guy who kind of initiates that uh from past past experiences <laughs> but crabtree was more than willing to just drive the man out of bounds and take him to the ground this is this is what I think, and I promise I'm not going to get off topic. <laughs> I promise. It's, 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 it's relevant to the topic. The optics on the NFL this year, CTE, Kaepernick, kneeling, ratings are down, the parity of teams, people are injured, less kids are playing uh, organized football, the numbers are coming out. Like th- This wasn't great for the consumer. True. Like, let, let, let's just be honest. It, 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 uh, in a year like this, you guys tell me. It, 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 this doesn't seem like a funny kind of a year. It, it does. Like this I, transition into, you know, I, I, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know where the, the NFL, NFL has wants dominated to Sundays for a long time. And, and, you know, they say with everything, when you reach that top, there's only one place to go, and then you start coming down. And, and this could be the NFL starting to come down. The NFL could be going down. Michael Crabtree was going down without a helmet in this fight. I mean, Tlaib, like, ripped the thing off of his head, and then he kept punching Tlaib in a helmet. Like, that's the yeah. third time this we, year. Why would you ever yeah, punch a guy exactly. with a And it was mask? a receiver again. It was yes. A.J. Green the last time why we were talking about that? it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you would do that other than you want to get those licks in. But, but I think that's a crappy thing, too, to rip a guy's helmet off and then try to punch him in the face and keep your helmet on. I mean... If you want to square up, square up. 
No, I, I, well, damn, Jay. <laughs> Let us I know how you feel. Didn't know you were that type of guy. All right, he, now he, I know. He bugs me. Talib bugs me because that, he pulls this crap all the time. I mean, the ripping off the chain that was unnecessary last year. Yes. What, what this is, year? So I read a thing today that said uh, Crabtree taped that chain to his chest so that Talib couldn't rip it off, and he still got it. Now, whether that's true or not, no, he did. He I don't ripped, know. He ripped it out before. He ripped it out before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year. N- no. This past this, this game, game yes. right yeah. before he got out of bounds, he ripped it yeah. again for the yeah. second time. Exactly, and they were saying that Talib, uh, not Talib, uh, Crabtree had taped the chain to his chest to help prevent Talib from ripping it off this year. But I, I, so. I got to be honest, uh, Talib is one of these guys. That he's such a good athlete. He's such a good corner. He, he's, in my opinion. Uh, top three he's not you know number one but he Mm -hmm. can tackle he can cover he's a tall he's he's got length he's got speed he's got all what you need for a tenacious cornerback but he does so many bush league things Mm -hmm. i remember he he hit the guy out of bounds he speared him poked a guy in the eye a couple years ago exactly i I wish crabtree would have done that and this is not and this is not even uh um some of the worst, you know, things that he's done, you mm-hmm. know. So it, it's just, uh, nah, it's just not not my type of guy. His talent is he's he's a talented individual, but his his, his antics were bush league. And I got to be honest, if you rip my chain, we gotta you gonna have to see me. Yeah, catch these fists. <laughs> you, 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 you're gonna have to. Aware. I don't. I'm not mad at Crabtree for you know uh, retaliating. I, I think. And when you square off, that's just no good. It's bad. Okay, there's plenty of storylines to follow with this fight, but AB, you mentioned it best. You you don't even think it's more about the fight, just more about the direction of the way the NFL's heading. No, it's it's the antics. When you wrap it all, uh, when you bring it back around, as far as the optics for the consumer, it looked like the XFL. You seen players brawling. You seen. Uh, on both sides, and then to end it, you have Marshawn Lynch, the Beast voice Mode, of reason, the voice of reason, <laughs> escort the opposite teammate yeah. into the locker room. It, it, it had like shtick to it. It, it. it had a circus Feel. feeling to yeah. it. Like this is the shield. This is the NFL. Like that was not a good look. I'm just gonna say to start the season off hot. Back at WrestleMania, Rob Gronkowski was there, and he laid a spear to then uh, champion Jinder Mahal. Just saying, you really are on this wrestling thing. I'm just saying, he's, he's, he's on that Jinder Mahal level. thing. Like, he's on the Jinder like, Mahal. I, I have no idea, but I, <laughs> I, and I believe that's the third reference on the podcast. I'm just saying, this person, you, you if I'm not mistaken, in my wheelhouse, and we're there. Uh, you, didn't they just come to Pueblo? They were there, Did you and go? I was there both nights. Uh, he went to Pueblo. In fact, I got him hooked up, and he got to go backstage and check out the trucks and everything. Really? For, I had to leave uh, Monday my belts Night in the car because I was like, what if, what if I just walk in there uh, with my belt around my waist? Anyway, we're not talking about that, <laughs> guys. Awesome. We're talking about football. Thanks for the invite, invite and, uh, JP. <laughs> well, next time. The AFC West, we're, we're not talking about fighting now. We're talking about potential fighting at the quarterback position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, they still lead the AFC West, but barely. barely. They're game ahead of the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me, that are having the best five-week stretch in the NFL, while the Chiefs are having the worst. They've dropped five in a row, and uh, L.A. is on the rise. Do you think it's time for KC to make a change at the QB position, or you think you see something similar happen like it did in Denver? 
No, I say write him. Write Alex Smith. He's either going to sink your ship, which gives you what you need to say Patrick Mahomes is going to be our starter next season, uh, or he gets it right and takes you into the playoffs and then you get back to that play you had at the beginning of the year. I don't think Mahomes is ready. I think Andy Reid knows that. He's looking at what's happening in Denver for sure and going, yeah, we'll wait. We'll pump the brakes on Mahomes. Oh, you took my and, point, uh, JP. You took my point. I love it. I love it. And Alex Smith is gonna he's going to be the guy in Kansas City. Okay. Because that's what the league does. Everybody in the leagues, they know they're at this level. They look at what other people are doing. That's how they figure out what their next move is going to be. So I'm going to put Paxton Lynch in. I think he's going to save the day. Uh. No, you got him crying on the sideline like a child <laughs> that somebody uh, took his Halloween well, candy. And then you look at Buffalo last week. Let's put Nathan Peterman in. He throws five picks before the half. Andy Reid doesn't want that. Hey, um, I'm, I'm going to use a Friday reference. You're not going to catch me on tape stealing boxes. <laughs> I, I don't know why uh, uh, Andy Reid's a smart coach. He's been he's been around a long time, and it just it makes no sense. Why sacrifice your up and coming seventh overall quarterback for the sake of what? And then you you lose Alex Smith forever. Well, it's already happened to him and. San Francisco. That's the thing is he's gone at the end of the year. You're going to look at all of the quarterbacks that any team want to get. They're going to have to go out and get via trade. They're going to have to trade for a guy like Sam Bradford, trade for a guy like Alex Smith, potentially trade for a guy like Drew Brees. All these teams looking to get rid of their their quarterbacks are going to be able to do so at the end of the year, and I don't think it makes any sense. Drew Brees, he's not going to be available. Well, just keep an eye out on that storyline. <laughs> you at never the end know. Of the you season. never know. Uh, anyway, the the. The Saints. That's the route I was going to take because as you see the Saints do really, gonna, really well, uh, you also see them not do so well at times. And, and that's where I think you see Drew Brees potentially leaving the team at the end of this year. But uh, that's probably a topic for another Let's discussion. hit that on the next segment. Absolutely. And if you're looking for the next segment, don't look any further. Just stick around on Facebook or YouTube and you will see the Next Level Podcast. The Next Level Podcast is brought to you by AIM Home Healthcare, located at 1208 Eagle Ridge Boulevard in Pueblo, Colorado. For more information, call 719-924-9458. This is Raquel Pennington and Tisha Torres, and you're listening to The Next Level Podcast. One more time, there's the bell, which is ringing it on the end of the show, the final segment of the Next Level Podcast. This week, if you haven't seen the prior episodes, check us out. They're on Facebook, they're on our YouTube channel, they are everywhere. And we've been talking a lot of NFL this week, because it seems like an important week in the league. You have the real winners and the real losers starting to separate themselves out. You have the absolute cream of the crop in the NFL this season laying it down. Uh, and I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles just demolishing the Chicago Bears, throwing the electric slide down at the 50-yard <laughs> line and proving that at 10-1 and they are the best team in the NFL. That's funny. These celebrations this year have been uh, abundant, but they all haven't been great. That's right. Just to throw that out there. It, actually, the funny part is uh, it's almost like the league said, no, let, let them shoot themselves in the foot. Because, <laughs> honestly, 10% of the celebrations were actually good. The rest Did were you see pretty 
terrible. The Vikings on Thanksgiving sit yeah. down in the end zone and like pass fake pass mashed potatoes and turkey yeah. legs to each other, and that took nope. way too long. Way too long. We need in out, but I think they'll be better next year. But uh, no, it, it, it's funny again. Uh, we come back to the parody of the league: the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Minnesota Vikings, with Case Keenum looks like a, a Pro Bowler. Yeah, <laughs> Case Keenum's having a Pro Bowl season. Let, let's throw it out there. Hey. Uh, Jared Goff is having a Pro Bowl season. Right. Uh, Carson Wentz is a uh, 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 most valuable player candidate, uh, you know. So, uh, and Tom Brady is a hundred years old with nobody on his team, still doing it. Took some big hits this weekend too. Big <laughs> oh hits. man, I'm, I'm gonna get on this avocado ice cream. I, I tell you what, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on it because the way he's playing with bare cupboards yeah. is tremendous. It's astounding. It does. He's Benjamin Buttoner, so I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> Aging backwards, yeah. They even brought in Martellus Bennett. The guy played two weeks for them, and now he's back on the IR. Yeah. And they'll pick some guy off the off the ground this week and turn him into a Pro Bowl before season's end. Well, and they didn't even need Bennett. That was just kind of a greedy move. So, <laughs> bro, this, was it the Saints and the Rams? It was like a. It was a physical game. Yeah. yeah. Very back and forth. The the Saints and the Rams. Like, hear that. Yeah. Think about it. Last year. <laughs> physical game. What competitive, competitive. part of you thought that the Rams and the Saints would be playing a competitive football game against each other? But that's a potential playoff matchup in week one of the playoffs. Blows my mind. And both teams sitting Blow. at 8-3. and 8-3. Blow. Blows my mind. And the way golf played last year, the Rams in general, their offense just – I didn't think they would be able to put it together like they have this year. Uh, watching what they did, I, I didn't expect them to be division leaders. Uh, the Seahawks are seven and four, so they're only a game back. You know, it could change, but the Rams are in control for for a playoff spot, and that's for the division, I should say. Uh, the playoff spot, all they got to do is keep winning. You know, mm-hmm. you win, you drop two more, no big deal. You're still going to make the playoffs, but but the Rams could win their division. Uh, after that sorry year they had last year. Yeah, and that's the the thing that I see most prevalent in most of these young teams or most of these teams in general that are doing good things is the play at the quarterback position has been so dominant. You look at the teams you just mentioned, the reason Minnesota is where they are is because they are having an absolute breakout season by whoever it was. They thought it was going to be Bradford, sat him down. They thought it was going to be Bridgewater, sat him down, and you cannot. Don't forget Cook. Well, yeah, he Cook went down, down in the Cook beginning of the down. season. They thought he was going to be I like forgot about him. He was exactly. They, they said he was exactly. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he was. He, and we, I'm not we saying he wasn't. Need... I didn't mean to put those quotes because <laughs> right. he, he is pretty good. Uh, and you know, they were like, "We don't even need you anymore, AP. You're gone." So he went down to New Orleans for six weeks, uh, and then Cook leaves, and you're like, "Oh, that's going to hurt." And then Bradford leaves, and you're like, "Oh, that's really going to hurt." Case Keenum, he stunk it up last year and in guess LA. What? And, and now they lead their division. And so. the funny part is, and I, nine I, and two. I, I want to stay off our Broncos, but mm-hmm. that's the difference. Uh, Mike Zimmer, I played for him when I was with the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a hard nosed, tough, tough individual to this day. I, I don't even. I still don't know. I, I was. I'm sure every NFL coach has played some some kind of football in their life, mm-hmm. I, uh, but I don't know how far he went in his career. But one of the toughest men I've ever met in my life. Would Mike Zimmer have ever cried in a locker room, maybe? Yes. He, the funny thing is, people like he, he, he's a passionate individual. And, and a lot of coaches are passionate individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Belichick is the biggest char- character in the yeah. league. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's so dry that maybe we assume that most coaches don't have personalities or emotion. But mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, that's false. He he overcame this thing, this deal with his eye. Um, he had like four surgeries right there at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah. Um, so he's a he's a he's coaching his talent. Doesn't matter if Bradford's in there, Bridgewater, Cooks out. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. He can implement certain pieces, and we're gonna we're gonna coach players up to make you better. And that and that's kind of the difference between a defensive minded coach and Vance Joseph and a defensive minded coach and uh, Mike Zimmer. Mike yeah. Zimmer's getting it done offensively as well as defensively because he's made the proper adjustments on both sides of the ball. Being able to flip that script and realize that you maybe have to ride the stink hand for a couple of minutes to make sure that it's the right guy on the other side of it. And I'm talking about the LA Rams now for a second because they wanted to ride Case Keenum all of last year and say that Goff wasn't the guy. And then Goff got a couple of chances and did a couple of good things toward the end of the year. Now this year he's looking like a pro bowler. He's looking like a guy that's actually ready to lead a team into the playoffs. And it just took him a year of getting all the stink out of there for a little bit. And now he's good and you look at Carson Wentz he looked like a you know like a bust coming out a couple of years ago really weak first couple of seasons for him last year he took a, a turn into the corner that was looking a little bit better and, and I'm thinking the NFL MVP right now probably sits in Philadelphia under center I don't think Wentz was a bust last year or even looked like a bust I think he just looked like a rookie quarterback but I think we all thought that he was going to be a good quarterback at some point yeah as far as Jared Goff goes it was dumpster juice that that's what we thought the number one <laughs> overall pick was so the the what he's done this year is, is a lot more uh astounding than uh, i think we all thought Wentz was going to be pretty good so do you think jeff fisher messed that up by not no taking question. Wentz and taking golf no question okay but no oh do i think no that's a deeper question than I yeah, thought. I thought no. you were asking, did he mess it up by benching Goff? Yeah, I think no. there's two winners. I, I, I think, it, you know, that, that's the you luck of the Goff draw has, sometimes. If, if it flipped the other way, Goff would have the same success in Philly that he's having in yeah, LA? Yeah, I, I believe that. I think okay. I think it's a quarterback league. It always will be. Um, even when you got a juggernaut defense, it's a quarterback league. Uh, and I think you have great offensive minds in Doug Peterson, a former quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have Frank Wright in Philadelphia as well who I got to see growing up. He was a backup for Jim Kelly. had one of the uh, uh, greatest comebacks in NFL history against the Houston Oilers in an AFC Mm -hmm. championship game uh, or AFC playoff game. And uh, the tutelage is there. And then you have McVay. He's up and coming, a 32-year-old. He's the head coach of an NFL franchise. So. You got to be doing something. Uh, you got to right be at 32 years yeah, old. Yeah, and and he he came in as an offensive guy. And when you pick someone first overall, you know this is the reason why you're bringing this type of a guy in. So uh, I, I think they both won, and I think they're both, even if they were flip flopped, I think the tutelage above their above them, the, it, it's a win win. Uh, final final question of the show. Do you see a a top-tier caliber quarterback coming out in this year's draft in either Rosen from UCLA, uh, the kid out of Wyoming, Allen, or Baker Mayfield? I think Rosen stays in UCLA with Chip Kelly coming on board. That'll give him another year with a guy who loves to sling the ball. Mm-hmm. I think Darnold um, stays as well, you didn't mention. Out of USC. He looked, so much, he looked so much better last year. He looked like, oh, wow, he's the first overall pick. Book I it. like Mayfield. I, I was kind of hoping he would come to Dallas. Uh, we still got Dak in the mix, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I actually like a Mayfield in, in a uh, Dallas Cowboys uniform if you didn't have Dak. Uh, I, th- I think he fits with Jerry Jones' personality somewhat. 
And uh, Jerry Jones is kind of like a piece of junk anyway, so Baker grabbing it was like, Jerry, come get me. Uh, that's the way hey, we're going to I think Josh Allen's going to stay, by the way. Out of Wyoming? Yeah, I think he's going to stay. I just want to say, I was watching the Cowboy-Philly game. I haven't watched many Philly games because it's Philly. Um, and, and you know, I put this on my Facebook page the other day, but when Carson Wentz is in his helmet with his chin strap done up, he looks like he's been drinking SpaghettiOs straight from the can with Red. that little ginger stash. I mean, it's. <laughs> I that thought it bad. was funny. I, it, it that is the made worst Movember Movember I have ever seen. But uh, it this wasn't is... worse than chap liver. Uh, okay, that was <laughs> it, was, it wasn't worse than <laughs> that. That was not that bad. But if you didn't see the chap liver that joke, good. that's last week. If you didn't see our prior segment, worst? that's all here. It wasn't worse than that. It wasn't worse. Uh, I think I overenunciated. You guys are like, see that? This is the Denver Broncos locker room. It's starting to seep. I can't get into this great defense over here. I'm just gonna get uh, bashed every single week. So before my liver fully chaps up, thanks for watching this week's edition of the Next Level Podcast. The Next Level Podcast is brought to you by AIM Home Healthcare, located at 1208 Eagle Ridge Boulevard in Pueblo, Colorado. For more information, call 719-924-9458.